0: Today would you please welcome back he was just here a couple of weeks ago Mr. Dan Woods is back in the house this time we're focused on first Samuel Good Morning Thank you Good Morning Well, good morning. If you would take your Bibles and go to First Samuel chapter twelve, it's good to be back. I was joking with Mister Falk. I hope I didn't wear the same suit I wore a couple weeks ago, but that's possible. But uh, hope so. Hope I didn't. This morning we'll look at First uh, Samuel twelve. My wife Kim is with me today. Kim and I have been married for thirty-seven years, and when we first got married, I said uh, I have this agreement with her. I said uh, I. In our, in our marriage, we'll have to make a lot of decisions. I said, I'll make all the major decisions, and you can make all the minor decisions. And in 37 years, there's never been a major decision. <laughs> it's pretty funny. When I usually tell that joke, I look, and the ladies are like, that guy, he, he's not going to let his wife make any, ma-. and then when I say that, you're like, you, you get it. There's never been a major decision, but. Anyway, we've got, uh, we have 10 grandchildren, just had one last week, yeah, so we're, we're shooting for 11, we're going to play 11 man football, that's our goal, so we got a baseball team going already, but First Samuel chapter 12, we're going to take a look at Saul, Samuel's speech at Saul's coronation, um, how many of you have been to a wedding before? And how many of you have had to endure when the best man gets up and gives his little speech? (laughs) Yeah, I dread that. You you just don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get a comedian. You don't know if you're going to get somebody that's going to give you some sound, wise, biblical advice. Or, or, or if you're going to get like, I can't believe this guy has this brother and he's basically put on, he's putting on display that no one would ever want to marry the groom's brother or there's always something there. You don't, to me, it's just uncomfortable. And so today we're going to take a look at, at Samuel's speech at Saul's coronation. And so I know you've, you've been going through the book of Samuel. So let's just jump right in and we will read this. Actually, there we go. Let's read the text out. I'll read it out loud for you. I'll put it on the board as well, but you can uh, take a look. And Samuel said to all Israel, Behold, I have obeyed your voice in all that you have said to me and have made a king over you. And now behold, the king walks before you, and I am old and gray. And behold, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my youth until this day. Here I am. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Or whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me, and I will restore it to you. They said, You have not defrauded us, or opposed us, or taken anything from any man's hand. And he said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. And they and they said, He is witness. Verse 6, And Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness. Who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt? Now therefore stand still that I may plead with you before the Lord concerning all the righteous deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your fathers. When Jacob went into Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your fathers cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your fathers out of Egypt, and made them dwell in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, and he sold them into the hand of sisera, sisera and commander of, the, commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab. And they fought against them, and they cried out to the Lord, and said, We've sinned because we have take, forsaken the Lord, and have served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, that we may serve you. Samuel saying all of this to them at this coronation. And the Lord sent Jeroboam, 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 and Barak, and Jethap, and Samuel, and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side. And you lived in safety. And when you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us. When the Lord, when the Lord your God was your king, and now behold the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked, Behold, the Lord has set a king over you. And if you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord in asking for yourselves a king. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we may not die, for we have added to all our sins this evil to ask for ourselves a king. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil. Do not Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside from empty things that cannot proffer to deliver, for they are empty. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. I think it's good for us to read all of that so we can get the context of everything that's happening in these 25 verses. So I'm going to break them down into five different sections. So if you've got notes, you're taking notes, five different sections that we're going to talk about this speech, because Samuel is very specific about what he wants the people to hear because they have asked for a king. So the first part is it's a testimony to Samuel's integrity. He starts out by explaining what's happened and how he got to this point and what he's done. So he says, and Samuel said to all of Israel, Behold, I have obeyed your voice in all that you have said to me and have made a king over you. So in other words, he's saying Samuel wanted them to know that it was not his idea. It wasn't his idea for a king. It was their idea. And he says, I've obeyed your voice in that you have said to me and i've made a king so it started in the hearts of the people it didn't start in the mind of god the people said we we want a king we want a king to rule over us you know what's really interesting i had this uh, met this guy he was a a jewish uh he was a jewish guy his grandfather were, were rabbis his father was a rabbi and met this guy and, and i said how did you Become a Christian. This guy became a Christian, and I said, "How did you become a Christian?" He said, "Well, he said, uh, he said I was on a a military base in the U.S. He became a U.S. citizen. He was in the military, and he said um, they were playing Christmas songs on in the on the loudspeaker across the across the um, the campus there. And he said, uh, he so he said I went to the commander and I said, I see. He goes, I'm a Jew. He goes, he goes, knock off the Christmas songs. I get it's Christmas season, but knock them off. I don't want them playing them." Well, the guys in his barracks found out that he was, he was the guy that went and told him to stop playing the Christmas music. So they stopped playing the Christmas music. So that night, they took this guy, they basically put him in a sheet, and these guys all started pounding on him in the barracks, right? Well, there was one guy that did not, that did not pound on him. And he went to that guy and said, how come you were the only guy that didn't pound on me? And he said, uh, he said well, he goes, the guy says, I'm a Christian. And he goes, I don't, I, don't, I don't do that stuff. I get what you, you know, are a Jewish guy. And he goes, I get all that. You don't believe in Jesus. But he said, he goes, just because you didn't want Christmas songs playing doesn't mean that we beat you up. And the Jewish guy's like, because I can't believe you did that. He said, you know, he said, you and I need to, you know, become a little better friends. And the, the Christian guy says, hey, you guys, you Jewish guys know the Old Testament. He goes, let's have a Bible study. You teach me the Old Testament and I'll teach you the New Testament. And the guy's like, great. So they're going through the Old Testament. And they get it, they get to Genesis forty nine ten, and it says that the scepter will not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. And the guy said that was the verse he couldn't get around. He, so the Christian guy said, "So what does that verse mean?" And he goes, "He goes. Well, it says the king will not, depart, will not depart from Shiloh or from Judah until Shiloh comes." He goes, "I don't know what that means." So he called his father and he said his grandfather and he said, "Um, is does Israel have a king right now?" Because it says it won't depart from, from Jude until Shiloh comes, and he says, "Well, no, there's no king in Israel right now." He goes, "Are we looking for a king?" He goes, "No." And he goes, "Who was the last king?" He goes, "It was Herod. Herod was the last king of Israel, because then Jesus came, and what Jesus say, "I'm the king of the Jews." And he goes, I couldn't get past the fact that we had missed the Messiah. And so then they go to the New Testament, and they show that Jesus is the king. He's coming again. He's going to rule and reign in righteousness. And that was the verse. Well, these guys wanted a king. And they said to Samuel, we want a king. And he says, behold, the king walks before you, and I'm old and gray. And basically he's saying, um, I walk before you from my youth to this day. Basically i'm not i've not done anything wrong to you. I haven't taken any bribes I haven't done any of those things and he said and he said to them The lord is witness against you and his anointed as witness against you this day that you have not found anything in my hand And they said he's witness in other words god's witness. We have not We've not you've not taken anything from us. We don't owe you. You don't owe us We got it. They basically said You're good to go The transition from Samuel's leadership to Saul's leadership had already happened. So this, the king had been put in place. Samuel was willing to pass it on, to pass from the scene and let Saul then take over. He didn't try to hang on. He didn't, you know, Samuel kind of was losing a little power, but he didn't say, I'm going to hang on to it. He's going to say, I, I'm going to let you have that, and there's nothing left in my hand. But if you go back, look at this. It says, I have walked before you from my youth. He's walked before them. That's what shepherds do. Shepherds walk before the people. If you've ever seen these guys with the sheep, they walk before them. They know the shepherd's voice, and they start talking, and the sheep follow them. And that's what Samuel's saying to them. He's saying, I I walked before you. I guided, I led. Ever since I was called in the temple, I've guided and I've led. I've not ruled with an iron fist. And basically he said, I'm stepping out of the way. I'm not your shepherd anymore. I'll still be here. I'm not your shepherd. But the sheep, you guys are going to have to follow. But you're choosing to follow the king. And there's nothing in my hand. He says, I haven't ruled over you, I've led you from a position of, as a shepherd. And then he goes into, in verse 12, chapter 12, verses 6 through 10, it's a brief history lesson. And this is what's amazing about the Bible, when you read things in context, Paul did this. Different guys, as you read in the Bible, they always do a little quick reminder. Like, they'll say, you know, since the creation of the world, and they kind of lay things out. Or since this happened, they basically just a little refresher in case you forgot, in case you're caught up in your own little world, there's some things that happened in the past in the past that I think I need to remind you of. So the first one is he says to the people, this is a little history lesson. He said, The Lord is witness who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers out of the land of Egypt. He took them back a ways. He took them all the way back to Egypt, and he said, uh, just a reminder, the Lord is witness. Moses and Aaron were appointed. They were the ones who went to Pharaoh. They brought your fathers out of the land of Egypt. And then he reminds him. he says, when Jacob went to Egypt and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your fathers cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron. And then verse 9, he says, but they forgot the Lord. Let me make that a little smaller but they forgot the Lord. You'll see that as a pattern as well. It's because we have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreths. Well, what are the Baals and the Ashtoreths? Well, these were, were gods that they served. Baals, Baal, however you want to say it, Astra I did just a little bit of research on these things. And if you, I know I'm going to step on a few toes. but That's okay. I've done that before. But if you go into video games, if you look into some of the video games and you look deep into the video games, you see different things in there. If you're really looking instead of you're just, you know, all that stuff's going by real fast. If you go deep into there, there is symbolism of Baal and Ashtaroth. It's in there. And you you you'll gloss right past these. Oh, it's just a video game. Don't get so no 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 no. It's demonic. That stuff's demonic. It's in Disney. What? It's in Disney. Ashtaroth, watch the movie Bed Knobs and Bro- and Broomsticks. The dude's wearing the symbol of Astra. The wizard's wearing the symbol of Astra around his neck. You can't tell me there's some sort of symbolism that they're trying to push into that. And we're seeing that now more and more and more in Disney and these other companies that are pushing this. They're serving these other gods. And that's what he's saying. That's what he was reminding them. He says, we have forsaken the Lord. You've served the Baals. And the Ashtoreths, but deliver us out of the hands of the enemies. The next section is 11 through 15. And it's a choice for Israel. It says the Lord sent Jeroboam and Barak. You notice a pattern? He said, remember when Moses and Aaron were appointed to get you out of there and these guys were appointed to get you out of there and these guys were appointed to rescue you. It's all about God rescuing his people. And that's what he did for us. He rescued us. Christ came and rescued us. We have an opportunity to be rescued. A lot has changed in the last two weeks, would you say that? The last two weeks, I mean, if 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 I would have stood here two weeks ago and said, or three weeks ago, whatever it was, and said, Oh, by the way, in a couple weeks, Hamas is gonna try to blow Israel off the map, and Israel's gonna respond like they've never responded. Any other time before? I remember as a kid, things are changing so much. I'm 60. I'm the old gray guy, like Samuel. But I remember in 1972 watching the. I'm, you guys aren't even remember this. These guys, some of these teachers aren't even born in 72. Okay, 1972, the Munich Olympics. The Palestine, the Palestine Liberation Organization, the army went into the barracks of the Israeli wrestling team. And they took over, they basically took over, they took these guys hostage, they took the Israelis hostage, and they wanted these big demands, they wanted these guys, they wanted these guys, these other Palestinians, they wanted them to release them from the Israeli prisons, and the Israelis said, we're not letting anybody go, we don't negotiate, and so they tried to move these hostages and these guys, and they put them out in the tarmac, and they had helicopters, and the Israelis tried to go in there, and it all fell apart. And these Palestinian guys got away, right? They killed a bunch of the Israelis. They killed the wrestlers in the dorm. They did all these things. They killed these guys, and the, and the Israelis, they, they basically, it failed. Six years later to the day, the Israelis had gone and tracked down every one of those Palestinian guys and killed them and their families. I remember watching all of that happen, all that develop. You know, and about a few years later, I'm like, I'm going to ta- look that up. And then you look it up, and it's like they got them all. They didn't mess around, right? So they're always, God's always looking to rescue us. He's always looking to rescue his people. But to say, you know, two weeks ago, oh, this crazy stuff's going to happen. Crazy stuff's going to happen in our world because remember when I said it's not over till it's over. And that's why I said, teachers, you just keep doing your thing. You just keep teaching. You keep training. Kids, you keep learning. You keep doing. All this stuff is going on around the world. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when the end's going to happen. But all I know is this. You just keep reading your Bibles and keeping your head up on a swivel and looking around, and you're going to see stuff that people before us have never thought they'd ever see before. It's going to be amazing. And the Lord's going to return. He's going to come. The trumpet's going to blow. Go to Judges 6 real quick, or you don't have to go to 6, but just write it in your notes. When he's talking about the Lord sent Jeroboam and Barak to deliver him out of the hands of the enemy on every side. He's talking about Judges chapter 6 because basically the men of the town rose early. Behold, the altar of Baal was broken down and the Asherah beside it was cut down and the second bull was offered on the altar. They were false worshiping. And they said to one another, Who has done this thing? Who has taken down the altars of Baal? Who has done this? And they searched and they inquired and they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. And the men of the town said to Joash, bring out your son that he may die. For he has broken down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, will you contend against Baal? Will you contend against this? Or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning, for he is a God. Let him contend for himself, because his altar is broken down. Therefore, on that day, Gideon was called Jeroboam. That is to say, let Baal contend for himself, because he's broken down the altar. In other words, let Baal contend for himself. God will contend for himself. And that's what Gideon basically had said to him. So he was just reminding them of that. It says, now the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together. They crossed the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. But the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. And remember, he sounded the trumpet. And I love, anytime I read the Bible and there's a trumpet, you know what's coming out. The trumpet's coming out. You guys afraid of snakes? You guys afraid of snakes? Because it's not a snake. It's a trumpet. Just making sure you weren't too nervous about that, but. This is, a, this, is a, this is a shofar horn, right? Got this in Israel. It was cut off an animal. So there was an animal in Israel running around like this. And now there's one running around like this because he's had one side cut off. You guys get it? Are you with me? Okay. Anyway, so they cut these off of the animal. It's called a kudu. They cut them off. They lay on the ground. Nothing can happen with this thing. Nothing. It just lays there. Matter of fact, when you get it, when I got it, I ordered it from Israel. I got it, came. I, it was in my office. I had it shipped in there, and I opened that up, and I'm like, ah, I got my shofar. And then I'm like, ooh, that stinks really bad. Because they, what they do is it gets cut off, and then these guys take this wire, and they brush, and they get all the, the flesh out of there, and it like smells really bad. And then they take it, and they put it in a hermetically sealed bag, and they, they ship it to America, and they put it in hot dogs, and they serve it in cafeterias, school cafeterias all over the world, that's that's where hot dogs come from. They, they get that stuff out. It's a joke. It's a joke. Stay with me. It's a joke. Okay, they don't. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Anyway, when you blow it, it stinks. But it's, cold. it's full of flesh. It re- represents us. We're twisted. We're not straight. We're com- not completely full. Compul- we're not full. We got a bunch of flesh inside there. We stink. Our bodies stink. That's why we take showers. Our bodies are gonna decompose. Second law of thermodynamics, right? So, anyway, basically, but God comes along, picks us up, cleans us out, allows the Holy Spirit to go through us. We confess with our mouths, Jesus Lord, believe in our heart, raised from the dead, we will be saved. Then He can use us as a vessel. And so the he's, Gideon sounded the trumpet. Jesus Is going to return he said this the trumpets going to sound the clouds are going to part Jesus christ is going to return when I don't know. I think we're getting closer Just take a look around, but they use the horn for a couple different reasons as a call to war a call to worship a call to solemn assembly Right, they used it for different reasons. And so that's when they blow it. You can blow this to wake someone up Right, We were with some guys one time, and it was about 6.30 in the morning. sun wasn't even up. Some guy that was in our group got his shofar, on, shofar horn out, and he blew the shore horn, shofar at 6.30 in the morning. And all of a sudden, we heard rifle shells. Rifle, people, Some guy, some neighbor, like 300 yards away, like this guy blew the shofar, woke that guy up, and that guy's on his back porch with his gun, and he's shooting over towards our group. And the Bible says in Proverbs, you don't do that. You don't just walk up to somebody and blow a horn when they're sleeping. You just don't do that. You have to think about it like wait till the sun comes up. Make sure people are, but anyway, I'm going to blow this horn today. Can you imagine, can you imagine in Israel hearing those shofar horns go off? Can you imagine when Jesus returns, the trumpet's going to sound and everybody's going to hear it. Everybody's going to hear it. So when you hear the trumpet, be looking up. Our heads should be on a swivel and we should be looking up. We should be looking up because Christ is going to return soon. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. It says, Behold the king whom the Lord you have chosen. Behold the Lord has set a king. He says he set a king over you. But then he says, if, 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 if if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow your God, it will be well. But if you don't obey the Lord he's basically saying I'm old I'm gray this is I didn't take anything from you I've just led as a shepherd you picked the king he's basically going through all of those pieces and then he's saying in this speech at the coronation he's saying if 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 and if if you fear the Lord you may want to write these things down if you this is what we always want to do with our kids we want our kids to fear the Lord Serve the Lord, worship the Lord, love the Lord, and obey the Lord. If you do those five things, you'll be just fine. The Lord will have you doing all kinds of things if you do those things. And he's saying to them, if you'll fear If you follow the Lord, if you obey the voice of the Lord. Then he confirmed it with a sign. He was basically showing them what I'm saying to you. So the next section is confirmed with a sign. He's basically saying, I know, everybody wants a sign. Everybody wants to see something these days. Everybody wants to see that the Lord's at work. He goes, I'll just show you. Even, the, even those folks that were following Jesus and the disciples, they weren't long because they really wanted to follow Jesus. They just wanted to sign. They just wanted to see some miracle. They just wanted to see something happen. It says, he says, therefore, verse 16, now, therefore, stand still and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. He says, is it not wheat harvest? I'll call upon the Lord that he can send thunder and rain. Well, he can do that. God does that. He sends the thunder and the rain. Matter of fact, he controls it. Samuel prayed and asked God to send a sign to confirm his word. This is a concession to the wicked hearts of the people because Samuel knew that only a sign from God would impress them because Samuel knows that God commands the weather. Go to Job chapter 36. You don't have to go there? I went there for you. Job 36 says, Behold, God is great, and we know him not, the number of years is, of his years is unsearchable, for he draws up the drops of water. It's called the water cycle. They distill his mist in the rain, which he, which which the skies pour down and drop on mankind abundantly. Can anyone understand the spreading of the clouds, the thunderings of his pavilion? Behold. He scatters his lightning about him and covers the roots of the sea. For by these he judges peoples. He gives food in abundance. He covers his hands with the lightning and commands it to strike the mark. God can command the lightning to strike the mark. And Samuel says, I'll show you a sign. It's wheat harvest. You don't need rain then. And he goes, I'll send, I'll I'll ask God, he'll he'll send some thunder and some rain. And he did. And it's kind of like out there now. It'd be pretty, it'd be a little weird if you had a little thunder and rain. But if you did, you're like, Lord sends that. He does it. So back to 1 Samuel 12. And Samuel said to the people, don't be afraid. Oh, sorry about that. Don't be afraid. You've done all this evil. Don't turn aside. Serve the Lord with all your heart. And then finally, he says, it's an exhortation from an old gray guy, an exhortation from an old gray guy. He says, don't turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they're empty. Everybody's got a gas gauge on their car, right? How many, like when that light comes on and says you're almost out of gas, goes, I can make this. (laughs) No problem. Yeah. My wife's like, we got to stop. I'm like, no, 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 no. That thing even says zero miles to empty. (laughs) There's got to be more gas in that. There's got to be at least a gallon in there. Gallon times 20, I'm good. I could could do this. I push it all the time. This is what Samuel's saying. He's saying, don't turn aside after empty things that can't profit, for they're empty. In other words, it's empty. You're doing this, it's empty. You're spending more time on video games than you are in your Bible, it's empty. You're spending more time on social media than you are in your Bible, it's empty. You're spending more time picket, shooting baskets, running around. If you're spending more time on that than you are in your Bible, it's empty. He's saying it's empty for the lord will not suffer. he won't forsake his people is this promise for his great name's sake because he has it has pleased the lord to make you a people for himself he's not he's not choosing us to be his people because there's something super cool about us he's choosing us what does it say it says for his great name's sake so if you say you're a follower of Christ then we are representative of him and when we're representatives of him it's for his name's sake because that's the only name Hamas, Palestinians, Jewish, whatever secular humanist, cosmic humanist, it doesn't matter what category you're in Jesus Christ is the only name and you know that it's the name And he says moreover as for me far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you I will instruct you in the good in the right way These teachers that are here are to instruct you in the right way It's not just to discipline and punish you. It's to train you The training takes place before the discipline occurs And so this is what i'll end with for you today and that is Consider what great things he's done for you. God's done some amazing things for you. The fact that you're sitting here in a Christian school, an environment where you can have your Bibles out. You can be around others who believe the same thing you believe. You can be encouraged by that by coming to the school. Our kids graduated from here. It's an encouraging place. So just think about the great things the Lord has done. Think about what Samuel has said to us. Look back in the history. Look at what's in front of you and just serve the Lord. Father, we're grateful for today. We thank you for it. We love you. Thank you for the words of 1 Samuel. We thank you for this book and just um, the wealth of showing who you are and how you work and your attributes. Thank you for showing us that. Continue to use the book as it's preached through. Help the kids as they um, listen to the preaching of your word. Help them understand it. We thank you for our time. Father, we, we pray for Israel. We pray for what's going on in our country. Give us wisdom to see drawing close to your word as we look for your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening.